Hey there, guys. What's going on? Welcome to the Proving It Plant-Based Podcast. I am your host, Natalie, personal trainer, plant-based health coach, and all-around just fitness advocate and enthusiast. So welcome. You have come to the right place if you're looking for all things plant-based diet, exercise and strength training, building overall healthy habits and lifestyle, and how to eat for your fitness goals and your future. So awesome. I'm so excited that you guys are here today. I'm so pumped for yet another episode and another opportunity for me to sit down and just kind of like chat with you guys and have this kind of I don't know, open-ended conversation, you know, about these topics that that we talk about week to week. So I just want to say hello. If you are new here, welcome. I am really excited that you're here because guys, I don't know if you know this, but I can actually see how many people are listening to each episode. I can track all the statistics and everything like that and the analytics. So I think it's really cool to see the audience growing. I think it's really cool to see the topics that are more interesting and that people are more drawn to. So that's good feedback for me because then I can continue to move forward and put out more awesome free content for you guys to listen to. So that being said, you know, I do this podcast for free and I love it. I love it so much. So if you could be, you know, ever so kind and just (laughs) do me a little favor and, you know, maybe it's sharing the podcast with a friend. Maybe it's leaving a review on Apple podcasts. Maybe it is sharing it on your Instagram stories, all of those things are so helpful and really just help the podcast to grow. It just helps me to be able to keep creating this content and keep showing up for you guys. So I love it. Well, today's podcast topic is something that has been on my mind a lot lately. And I'll tell you the reason why. But today's podcast topic is on why soreness isn't a badge of honor. So, okay. If you've ever heard the term DOMS, it's D-O-M-S. It stands for Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness. So we're going to be talking about DOMS today. But, you know, soreness for short. (laughs) Um, And the reason why it's not a badge of honor is because it seems like so often, and myself included, people tend to judge a workout or rate a workout based on how sore they are. And while this is great, like we all kind of like, for some reason, love that feeling of soreness, like the day after a workout, it just, it feels like hard work, right? It feels like oh, wow, I really accomplished something um, if I'm sore after my workout. And usually it's the next day. Sometimes it's the following day afterwards. So you can, you know, have that delayed onset muscle soreness even two days after the workout, right? Depending upon what you did. Um, But I think this is a little bit of like your body sometimes... I don't, well, it's not your body giving you misinformation. It's your brain giving you misinformation because your body is telling you 
like, hey, that workout was really hard. Um, and now I'm breaking down my, my muscle tissue. I'm breaking down my muscle fibers. And, you know, obviously it was strenuous enough to leave me feeling sore, but maybe I didn't recover properly. So that's what I want to get into today because just because your workout left you feeling sore, there are quite a few reasons as to why you could be feeling sore. And it's not always, the answer is not always that it was such a good workout and the workout was out of this world and that's why I'm sore, right? So, you know, I do have to take some credit here. Like I work out, I do I do live workouts with my group twice a week. I love my workouts. They are strength building workouts, but we also do, you know, back-to-back movements. So think they're like giant sets, right? There's very minimal rest. And so it can be challenging to lift at your heaviest, right, in these workouts because they're back-to-back reps, they're back-to-back movements. So you're really gonna sweat in these workouts. You're really gonna challenge your body. You're really gonna just be like exerted to your maximum by the end of the 45 minutes, right? And this is kind of a combination of my background, these workouts. My expertise is in bodybuilding, right? That's kind of where I got started in the fitness industry. So it is a like unique combination of bodybuilding style workout moves, strength training, combined with studio fitness, right? So after I was in my competition days, my, my competition years, I then kind of moved on to teaching group fitness, personal training. So I kind of like combined the two and created these classes, which I personally love and my clients love them as well. And oftentimes like my clients will be like, oh my God, I loved, you know, yesterday's workout. I was so sore, like such a great workout. I know it's working because I'm always sore. And so I love to hear that because we are challenging, you know, different muscle groups every day. We're doing different workouts. The workouts are never the same. So I think that's great feedback. That's so great to hear. But on the flip side, you also have to ask yourself a couple questions. If you are sore all the time, then we might not be doing something right when it comes to our rest and our nutrition. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little personal experience of, you know, why this topic all of a sudden came to light, you know, recently for me personally. So if you guys have been following the podcast, I share a lot of my own personal journey. I share a lot of my own, you know, fitness journey and and kind of what's going on in my life right now. And so recently I was cleared by my doctor, my surgeon to start exercising again and start running. And so this was kind of like the, you know, (laughs) all green lights, all signs point to go, you know, just this was my, my sign that was like, he is giving me the go ahead. I feel safe now. I can move on and work out to my full potential until my next surgery. 
So this felt really good for me because although I have, I have been doing light weights and resistance bands, I have been taking it pretty easy just because I want to keep my body safe. But I really was uh, not expecting the go ahead, the, you know, go at it, <laughs> you know, enjoy the rest of your summer, be active, go out, go running, go lift weights, yada, yada, yada. So this was really um, just awesome for me because it has been coming up on 16 weeks since my big surgery, which was a preventative bilateral mastectomy, which can be really challenging as a trainer. Uh, you use your chest, you use your shoulders, you use your arms for so many things. And I was very limited for a very long time. I would say I even lost a little muscle definition, but hey, it's not the end of the world. I'll get it back. Sidetracking a little here, um, going back to you know getting cleared from my surgeon, which was big news. Um, I was so excited. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out for a run. I'm not even someone who like runs on a regular basis. I personally don't even do a ton of cardio right now. I've been sticking to probably no more than two days of cardio a week, and that's been on the spin bike low impact, safe, you know, I can control my heart rate, things like that. So, you know, running for me is like, I I personally, I like to run because I like to be outside and I like to just let my legs move in, in that free motion, not being attached to anything, right? Not being on an elliptical, not being on a spin bike. I like to just have that freeing motion of running as if, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this if you're a runner. Um, but it feels so free, right? And, and when you're feeling it, you can like do sprints and like that, just your adrenaline's just going and, um, you put on some good music and you might just like have that adrenaline kick in all of a sudden, like you're just like on cloud nine. Cause it just feels good to run. So I actually ran in college. So, you know, running for me and picking it back up, especially being a spin instructor is not that hard. Whereas if you're someone who uh, didn't grow up running or, you know, you don't run on a regular basis, going out for a random run after 15 weeks might be a lot more challenging and and may not actually be safe, right? You want to keep your body, your joints, injuries, all in mind when it comes to choosing activities. But long story short, I was excited. I went out, I went for a run. It was like 90% humidity outside, but I was like, screw it. I committed to doing it. I'm excited. I'm going to do it. So felt really good. Um, And then afterwards I was like, well, I'm going all in. You know, I, I just got the clearance to to exercise to my full potential. I'm not just going to run because if I'm going to be sore the next day, I'm going to do legs. I'm going to run for 30 minutes and then I'm going to do legs. So that's what I did. And I, you know, picked up heavier weights than I have in a really long time. So I thought for sure, I'm like, tomorrow I am going to be so sore. I am not going to be able to walk like 100%. My shins and calves usually get really sore after running for the first time in a long time, 
right? You know, if you're, you're using your legs in a different motion, my hips are probably going to be really sore. And then I'm crushing legs afterwards. I'm going to be doing deadlifts. I'm going to be doing sumo squats. I'm going to be doing, you know, regular squats, you know, all the, those compound movements that you can go heavier. And I was just like, I'm lifting heavy today and I'm going to be sore tomorrow. And I already know it. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking like, of course, anytime you take a hiatus from any kind of workout, it could be bar, right? Normally, I don't really think bar is that challenging. It's challenging. It is. It, it's different, right? So if you do something that's different than what your body is used to, of course, you're going to be sore. I did yoga for the first time the other day after my run because I knew I was going to be so sore. Um, I did yoga and my body and my back and like areas of my body were sore in places I hadn't been sore in a really long time. Why? Because I hadn't done yoga in a really long time. So it's not so much that like the workout itself was so good. It's just, hey, like I haven't moved my body in that way and and really worked those muscles or got into those stretches you know in a long time so of course those muscles are going to be sore so that's one thing right if you're doing something different of course you're challenging your muscles in different ways that could lead to soreness but the next thing i want to say is like we're going to talk about muscle recovery are you doing the right workouts are you fueling your body properly? Okay. So this is really probably, I don't want to say the most important thing because I I feel like recovery is just as important, but sometimes fuel nutrition can be even more important, right? So typically, you know, let's talk a little bit about pre-workout and then post-workout and then the foods that we eat throughout the day and maybe even into the next day. So a lot of the times I tell clients what you eat today and what you drink today is not going to affect you so much today as it is tomorrow. Okay. Right. So it's almost like we're fueling for the next day. Just like if you were to drink alcohol, right. On a Saturday, you might not feel the aftermath until Sunday, just like a workout. You might do it on a Friday morning and you don't feel it the next day until Saturday morning. So it's things like that where, you know, we have to be really mindful about like when we're hydrating, right? That's something that's key. If you want to be hydrated for say your long run on a Saturday morning, that means you have to be hydrated on Friday right? You're not going to chug, chug, chug before a run on Saturday morning. And it's the same thing with fuel, right? So we are not going to, um, not eat well before a big workout or a big performance or a big race or anything of that nature, right? So you have to keep that in mind. But now, talking about pre-workout. So that's a little bit about like the pre-workout. Like it's not just, okay, what am I eating right before the workout? It's like, what did I eat the night before? Right? 
I'm a morning workout person. So a lot of times, like I love eating veggies. <laughs> this for me, I have no problem at all being vegan, being plant-based. Even when I wasn't vegan or plant-based, um, I grew up as a vegetarian, you know, I was vegetarian through high school. So I've always been someone who has had vegetables in my life. And as a coach, it actually like really blows my mind when I hear people say like, you know, I didn't grow up on vegetables or, you know, I didn't eat like that. And, and so I don't know how to eat like that. And so it, it really is kind of like, it's not entirely our own fault. It's almost like, well, well, how are we raised, right? So the thing about vegetables, vegetables are very, very, um, not all vegetables, but a lot of vegetables are high in water content. So they're hydrating, so that's great, okay? They're also a little bit bloating at times, depending upon the vegetables that you're eating, they might fill up your belly and you might get bloated. So like I said, I grew up like eating vegetables, eating healthy in my household. I was a vegetarian in high school. I went back to eating meat um, for a small po small point in time. And then uh, when I decided to come become vegetarian again, I went full vegan. So nonetheless, no matter where I was at, in my, you know, fitness journey, um, nutrition journey, uh, I always did make vegetables a priority, right? So, um, I have no problem eating a lot of vegetables, but that being said, I get it. Like vegetables can leave us feeling bloated, right? So the last thing you want to do is like, go and eat a ton of vegetables and then go work out. You know, you might feel bloated, you might feel gassy or like the night before, I tend to do this often. Now, you know, my clients who say like, I'm a nighttime eater, right? Or like, I like to eat something after dinner and I'm always like, fill up on vegetables, right? Um, really identify, are you still hungry or are you just like wanting something more? Are you craving a dessert? You know, this and that. Um, but I like to make sure I'm, I'm full on whole foods before I decide to say, have the dessert or have a little something sweet, even if it's fruit or something before bed. Um, so that being said, I really try to make sure I fill up on veggies first before I dive into any dessert. Um, however, that can sometimes lead to going to bed on a full stomach and feeling that bloat, which is not a good feeling before bed. And you don't want to wake up the next morning if you're a morning workout person feeling, continuing to feel that bloat before a workout. So, okay. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit today about protein, but I don't want you to think that protein is like the end-all be-all. It's just, are we hitting enough protein? Are we hitting our goals when it comes to protein? And so, you know, talking about the pre-workout, like here's the thing. 
If you're an early morning workout person, and it's like I said, early morning is the key word there, you might not want to eat before a workout. Um, like I said, you could be bloated. You don't want to like, like you might be better eating on, uh, working out on an empty stomach. I personally, especially if I'm doing, um, like one of my workouts in the morning with my group, that is kind of like back to back nonstop, like, you know, we do a lot of renegade rows. We do a lot of full body movements, push-ups, planks, and you know, you're using your whole body and there's like some high intensity in there. I don't want to eat something before that. Right. But on the flip side, if say, you know, I'm not working out until a little bit later in the morning or, you know, maybe even it's like noon, I definitely don't want to fast because then my energy is going to be so low. So I truly believe that this was actually helpful. Um, The other day when I was thinking I'm going to be so sore, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just ran for the first time in 15 weeks and then I did a heavy leg day. I actually, after the run, had it was late afternoon and I had only eaten breakfast that day. So I was pretty hungry at this point. After the run, I decided to grab a Healthy Truth uh, protein bar. I love their vegan protein bars. I am not sponsored or affiliated in any way. I know the company and I just love their products. So, um, and I know that their ingredients are made with whole foods and really, really healthy. So I said, you know what, before this heavy lift, I'm going to eat the protein bar just for a little fuel. I might not eat the whole thing. I might just eat a couple bites and that might be just it. And I actually ate it throughout my workout throughout the leg day session. Um, And I truly believe that that actually helped me in my recovery because I actually wasn't as sore as I thought I was going to be the following day. So that says a lot, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to eat in the middle of a workout, right? That's, you know, you might get nauseous. This might not work for you. Um, So I don't advise that if that's not your jam. But that being said, you do want to make sure that you're eating a solid post-workout meal. And I typically give a window of like, you know, an hour and a half. Um, At this point, you probably should be hungry if you had a hard workout session. Um, So yeah, typically getting in, you know, a good amount of protein and carbohydrates post-workout. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about like how much you should be eating because that should be tailored to your own individual goals. Um, Therefore, you know, just prioritizing protein, carbohydrates post-workout. Your body is then absorbing those nutrients. Your body is absorbing all that it needs to rebuild and refuel the muscles after a hard workout, okay? So not only about the protein and the carbs, Again, we're talking hydration. Are you, you know, drinking plenty of fluids during the workout, after the workout? I love also using um, a BCAAs supplement, especially on the days where I feel like maybe I was sweating more than usual, or I feel like I haven't been as good about my hydration, or I just need a little bit more 
uh, assistance in recovery. So I'll drink a BCAA's drink. I love Live Body. Um, that is my favorite one. I love the product in general because they have a vegan supplement line as well as I really like the taste. So anyways, you know, we're talking hydration, we're talking protein, carbohydrates, post-workout, and then we're going to talk now the second part, and that's recovery, okay? So here's the kicker. For those of you who, you know, you might be listening to my podcast because uh, you might relate to me in certain ways, like you might be a busy professional, Um, you might be somebody who's working a full-time job and a part-time job. You might be somebody who's a mom. Um, you might be a business owner, right? All these things, or you're just somebody who like is really active and really busy all the time. Um, and you've got multiple, multiple things to juggle. You wear multiple hats. So, um, yeah, if you're busy like me, then you probably know that, Um, you kind of want to like get your workout in and then kind of like move on with your day, right? Here's the kicker though. You don't want to skimp on your stretch and your recovery. What do I mean by that? Okay. So if you've ever been to a fitness class, if you've ever like done, you know, workouts in person, live virtual workouts, there's always going to be a stretch at the end guys. So, you know, whether you work out with a trainer in person, there's always going to be usually a warm up and then a cool down. All right. But typically the cool down isn't that long, right? So in my virtual workouts, I coach a 45 minute workout. We pretty much, well, it's a little over 45 minutes because I do like to stretch a little bit longer. Typically my workouts run from like 42 to 43 minutes in work and then we spend about four to five minutes of stretching and cooling down so that's like minimum okay four minutes is not a long time for recovery okay especially if you're like progressing in weights especially if you're progressing in you know whatever it is that you're working towards you need to be spending a little bit more time on recovery Now, as a collegiate athlete and as an ex-bodybuilder, so I'm going to get into, you know, when I was a little more competitive, because like I said, right now I am not working out to my full potential. So I'm not going to give you insight on what I'm doing currently because I pretty much do kind of the bare minimum at the moment. I do my 45 minute workout classes. I go for long walks, which I really do feel like has helped just keep me in shape, right? You don't have to do crazy, strenuous workouts every day to reap the benefits of like building muscle and and staying fit and healthy. But, you know, if you are someone who is a little more competitive and you work out six days a week and you find that you're sore all the time and you want to push harder, but you know, your soreness is obviously going to hold you back. Um, first of all, you might need an extra rest day. Okay. You, you overachievers are going to hate me for saying that, but listen, listen to your body. 
You might need an extra rest day. You might actually be doing your body more harm than you're doing it good, okay? So I used to be like this. I used to work out, work out, work out. My rest day was like hot yoga, which is not a rest day at all, right? Your rest day should be like a 30-minute walk around your neighborhood um, or light, gentle hatha yoga or, you know, just like a very slow flow, restorative yoga. That's a rest day. Or a rest day could be doing nothing at all, right? I I still think you should move your body, of course. Um, But a rest day isn't like, oh, I'm going to go do Pilates or I'm going to go do the reformer, right? Um, I don't think that's a rest day. So be really honest with yourself because you actually have to give your muscles time to recover so that they can rebuild. If you're just breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, they're never going to rebuild. And eventually that's probably going to lead to either like adrenal fatigue or eventually it's going to lead to a stress injury, um, joint injury, muscle injury, anything of that nature where that stuff is not fun because then you are forced to take a lot longer rest period than if you had just taken the rest days in general, right? At least once or twice a week. Okay. So like I said, I'm going to talk now about when I was more competitive as a competitive bikini and figure athlete, as well as during my days as a competitive uh, cross-country runner. So cross-country, I was a short distance runner. It was They were 5Ks. We did a lot of speed work. We ran six days a week, okay? This was hard freaking work, not just on the body, but on the mind. But as a collegiate athlete, it was my responsibility to take care of my body. So of course, I was very into nutrition back then as well, but I was even more so into how can I treat my body like a temple and how can I make sure that I'm recovering optimally so that I can continue to push my body during my practices and be well rested and recovered for race day, right? Because there's no worse feeling. And we had races, um, I believe it was once a week, right? On occasion, we would have like a week off, but I believe it was at least uh, every Saturday. So our training schedule was like, you know, uh, easy run on Monday. Maybe it was like a track speed run on Tuesday where we were doing intervals. Um, maybe on Wednesday, it was like a moderate run with some hill sprints afterwards. Thursday might've been another easy run. Um, Friday. Well, actually Friday would be an easy run if we had to race on Saturday, but you get the gist, right? So we had like, we had our schedule, we had our, our weeks. And so, you know, I actually tried to make sure that at least once a week, and it was usually after those speed work days, right? On a Tuesday, Wednesday, when I knew I was going to be racing on a Saturday, I would take an ice bath, call me crazy, But not only was this doing wonders for injury prevention, but man, did it make me a strong person. You try getting in 
an ice bath. I would literally go to like the gas station because I ran for a D2 school. So we did not have a fancy uh, athletic trainer facility that a D1 school would have. Um, so I literally would go to the gas station, buy bags of ice, go home, dump them in my you know, apartment bathtub. And I would sit there for about uh, not even 10 minutes, right? Because at that point, you know, your body starts to get numb. Um, but I would probably sit in there for like a good, like six minutes or so. However long I felt was necessary to help in preventing injury. Why did I do this? Because I've had injuries from running and I've had stress fractures from running. So I dealt with shin splints, um, quite frequently. And the only thing that kept my shin splints under control that made running manageable for me was ice baths. So outside of ice baths, right, and trying to prevent further injury, um, I religiously foam rolled. So I got into foam rolling during my running days and it was honestly a godsend right? It was just, you know, the best thing and the worst thing at the same time. It's that love-hate relationship. Um, but I then used foam rolling all throughout my, my bodybuilding training, my competition prep, um, where I'd have like a really hard leg day or a back day and I'd use my foam roller. And now I use these massage balls called rad rounds, right? And I, you know, you put them up against the wall and they get into all the nooks and crannies, the areas that you can't get with the foam roller. Um, and it's really like a deep tissue massage without the price tag. Okay. So if you have the mental resiliency to do it on your own and to fully do it, um, that's also definitely worth checking out. So, you know, if you do have the means, as a college student, I did not, but if you do have the means, um, there are stretch studios out there. There are, you know, deep tissue mas masseuses, massage people, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Um, go and get yourself a deep tissue massage. I love it. Like treat yourself. If you're going to be pushing your body to extremes. If you're going to be pushing your body and asking so much of your body, you need to be treating your body with the respect and the love that it deserves. So as a spin instructor, when I first got into teaching and I was still working a full-time job, um, I was teaching a lot of classes and I was working full-time. So I didn't really have the time to like do all the recovery stuff on my own. So I actually went to a stretch studio and they helped with, you know, you know, myofascial release, any kind of like knots, tension buildup. Um, we would work on certain muscle groups, right? If it was like, okay, loosening up my hips, we would work hips, quads, calves, um, even feet a little bit, right? So, um, if you want to do something like that, right, there's like cryotherapy out there. There's Normatec compression boots. I personally have never done them, but I hear amazing things about them. So 
are you recovering properly, right? So these things might seem a little far-fetched if you're like, Natalie, I'm not really training for anything. I'm not an amateur or a professional athlete. I'm not a college athlete. Fine. You don't have to spend money on deep tissue massages. You don't have to spend money on, you know, stretch studios, cryotherapy, but I would highly, highly advise at least at the minimum a foam roller. Now a foam roller is not going to protect your joints, is not going to protect you from overuse injury, right? So that's when we need to take a step back and recognize, are we taking enough rest days? Do we need to scale back on some of our high intensity workouts? Or are we fueling ourselves properly, right? So now I am a firm believer that food is medicine and I'm not, you know, super into like all these supplementations. Um, Even as a vegan, a lot of people think like, oh, if you're a vegan, you miss out on these vitamins and these vitamins and that. And so if that's of concern for you, definitely go get some blood work done first before you start taking supplements, but know that food is medicine. And if you are nourishing your body properly, your body and your muscles should be recovering. Okay. So (laughs) I feel like I just went on a really long tangent. I feel like I just like, don't think that I'm like lecturing. I am not lecturing. I am just wanting, you know, you to be the best version of you and you can't be the best version of yourself if you're always feeling soreness and you're not treating your body with the proper recovery and the proper fuel that it needs to rebuild. Okay. So that is why soreness is not a badge of honor. So the next time you're feeling really sore, really tired, um, just ask yourself those questions right? Am I stretching enough? Am I recovering enough? Am I doing the right workouts? Am I taking rest days? Am I fueling my body properly? Am I doing all those little things that I can be doing when it comes to recovery? Now, don't feel like you need to like rush off this episode and go and jump in an ice bath. By all means, if you're feeling spontaneous and you're feeling like you just want to jump into a pool of ice just to say you did it. It's one of those things where it just feels really good. It's refreshing. It builds some mental strength, (laughs) mental stamina. And you know, if you are an endurance athlete and you are pushing your body to these, you know, places that you, that you have never been before, make sure that you're recovering. Okay. So I hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. I have got so many cool things going on in the works right now. We have a new, new version of the PB3 method, which is my group coaching, my signature coaching program launching this fall. And it is actually going to be totally new, totally revamped from the past two launches that I've had in the past year. So this one is new and improved. It's almost like the 2.0 version. So stay tuned 
for more information on that coming very, very soon. I will be opening up the wait list for that very, very soon. If you are interested in learning how to fuel your body on a plant-based diet, adding more plants into your nutrition, learning how to strength train and build muscle, this is probably a great program and a great fit for you. Okay. So what you can do in the meantime is join in our free Facebook community. I will put the link in the show notes, but that link is Facebook slash groups slash proving it plant-based, or you can just go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Natalie Falco underscore veg fit. That's V E G F I T. And I will also put that all in the show notes. So let me know if you liked this episode, if it resonated with you, if you found it helpful, if you are going to start to implement some of these things today, right? Because you're feeling like you're sore all the time. Um, Let me know um, what you thought of it. And yeah, tag me on Instagram. I want to see you guys. I want to hear about what's going on in your lives and any other podcast topics, questions that you have. That's where you can find me. You can also find me at Proving It Plant Based on Instagram. You guys, this has been such a pleasure. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining with me. I joining with me. <laughs> joining me. I know how how it can just be a little overwhelming when you can listen to podcasts and it's like, you know, where you pick and choose to spend your time. So the fact that you're spending your time with me, it means the freaking world to me. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, keep kicking it. Keep crushing it. Take care.